Good morning, I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Friday, November 3rd. A Chula Vista council member and her brother are facing fraud charges. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. More warm days and cold nights are in the forecast for today. In the counties, valleys and mountains, dry weather will lead to higher fire risk. Humidity will slowly recover into the weekend for those areas. Along the coast and beaches, fog will return over the weekend during the mornings and nights. Cooler temperatures will start early next week. San Diego Wave FC is playing a playoff semifinal match Sunday at Snapdragon Stadium. San Diego's women's soccer team is facing Seattle's OL Reign. Two-time World Cup champion Megan Rapino plays on the Seattle team. This is her last season. Last month, Wave FC claimed the 2023 National Women's Soccer League Shield for the first time in the club's history. The Shield is awarded to the team with the best record at the conclusion of the regular season. The NWSL Championship game will take place in San Diego whether or not the Wave makes it to the final. From today until Sunday, you can adopt a dog at an adoption fee of your choice at the San Diego Humane Society. All pets will already be microchipped, fixed, and vaccinated. The shelter is offering the promotion after it hit a record number of over 750 dogs in its care. Over the past year, the Humane Society has reported a 20% increase in lost pets not being retrieved by their owners. NewsHour reports that shelters across the nation have seen an increase in animals in their care, following the shift in COVID precautions and rising inflation. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. A Chula Vista City Council member and her brother, a political consultant, are facing felony charges, including theft and money laundering. Reporter Jacob Ayer looks at what implications this has for South Bay politics. District Attorney Summer Steffen has filed criminal charges against Chula Vista City Council member Andrea Cardenas and her brother Jesus Cardenas, who resigned as Chief of Staff to San Diego Council member Stephen Whitburn earlier this year. USD political science professor Carl Luna says this isn't a good look for the Democratic Party, as Jesus raised money for a variety of elected officials. Democratic Party really needs to sever ties and do an internal reflection on it to show the public that this was a limited uh, contamination. It's not endemic to their whole power structure. The seven-count criminal complaint includes charges of conspiracy, grand theft, money laundering, and failure to file tax returns. Arraignment for the Cardena siblings is scheduled for next Thursday, November 9th, at the San Diego Superior Court. 
Jacob Ayer, KPBS News. A defense attorney has filed in court to disqualify the San Diego District Attorney over what he says is a biased prosecution stemming from a violent 2021 Pacific Beach pro-Trump rally. Reporter Andrew Dyer has more. Videos shared widely online show violent confrontations from both anti-fascists and pro-Trump demonstrators at the rally, held three days after the violent insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. But when District Attorney Summer Steffen sought to prosecute those involved, it was only anti-Trump demonstrators who were charged. San Diego District Attorney's Office has had a pattern over the last five to six years of ignoring violent acts by white extremists, by white hate groups, by white nationalists. Curtis Briggs is a lawyer representing one of the defendants in the case. He says several videos shared online from the rally show violence from pro-Trump demonstrators, including members of the Proud Boys and the American Guard, which the ADL describes as a hardcore white supremacist group. Briggs's motion, filed Tuesday, includes several videos of American Guard members assaulting social justice protesters at various rallies around San Diego County since 2017. He says Stefan's politics have tainted the prosecution. A district attorney spokesperson didn't respond to questions or a request for comment. Andrew Dyer, KPBS News. Pelomar Health is being sued for allegedly suppressing a public official's speech. North County reporter Alexander Wynn explains one of its directors says the health district threatened to sanction her for speaking to the media. In September, KPPS and another media outlet reported that to access Palomar Health's website, users must accept the terms of use. A First Amendment lawyer told KPPS that potentially restricted public access to public information. Director Lori Edwards-Tate shared that same sentiment with Voice of San Diego, which first reported the story. After the story was published, she says the hospital district's lawyers sent her a letter saying she was being investigated for her comments. Edward State's lawyer Karen Swiger says the district's action violated her client's freedom of speech. My fear is that this is something that they're going to utilize as a sword in the future when there are greater problems that she wants to raise to her constituents. Palomar says Edward State's lawsuit is baseless and grounded in a misunderstanding of the district's media policy. Alexander Wynn, KPPS News. California utility regulators are taking another two weeks to decide the fate of a much-criticized plan to regulate solar energy on properties with more than one electric meter. Environment reporter Eric Anderson has details. The proposed decision roiled solar advocates when it was released late last summer. It basically ends virtual net metering for apartment buildings, schools, and farms that don't qualify as low-income projects. Virtual net energy metering allows complexes with more than one electric meter to share the benefits of a single solar array, which helps lower electricity costs for renters. The solar industry's Brad Havener says there's another bad provision. Even when you're using the electrons directly from the solar system on your roof, from a billing perspective, you would have to sell those electrons to the utility at a low price and buy them back at a high price. It would ruin the economics. The California Public Utilities Commission has delayed making a decision three times, suggesting changes are being made. Eric Anderson, KPBS News. Coming up, 
San Diego fishermen and chefs are helping with hunger relief. We'll have that story and more just after the break. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. You've heard of Farm to Table. On Fridays, the San Diego program brings healthy meals from the ocean to hunger relief nonprofits. Reporter Melissa May tells us how local fishermen and chefs are coming together to help their community. You guys ready? As the crew of the Sea Haven unloads fish caught off the coast of San Diego, members of the Fish to Families program discuss which fish will be turned into healthy meals for clients of hunger relief programs. The program, led by the San Diego Fishermen's Working Group, connects fishermen to chefs to community members who are food insecure. Peter Halmay, president of the Working Group, follows the fish from the dock to the kitchen. We're not just fishing and making money. We're investing in our community and giving something back. Everybody along the way likes the program and wants to contribute. Not very often we get that kind of cooperation. And the people at the end are thrilled. Chef and owner of Craft Catering, Marcus Twilliger, helped create the Fish to Families program. I'm born and raised here in San Diego, down in South Bay Area, and a lot of the meals are going down that area. So for me, it's very close to my heart because this city raised me, so it's really nice to be able to give back to the city. This week, he selects two large bluefin tuna that his team will turn into 250 nutritious meals. And he shows the butchering skills he teaches each of his chefs. The chefs, they get to learn how to cut fish, grow the relationships with the fishermen. On top of that, we're feeding the community of people that don't know too much about fish in the beginning, so they're learning about fish. Jose Monroy of Feeding San Diego says they wouldn't otherwise be able to provide their clients with fresh fish without the help of the program. It's priceless. That's something that we wouldn't be able to do without their help. And now San Diegans are getting fresh fish, good quality protein, cooked by Chef Marcus, so that's amazing. Fish to Families started during the pandemic as a way to help local fishermen. The program is now funded by a $40,000 grant from the Parker Foundation. That covers the cost of the fish and the chef's expenses, including other ingredients and packaging for the meals. Halmay says it's because of the program's simplicity that it works well. Fishermen bring in the catch, Marcus and his crew process it. 
it's packaged and delivered to people. And it's that simple. Back on the dock, fisherman David Hayworth says the program is great for people who might not be able to prepare fresh fish on their own. I really like it. It makes me feel good. And, um, you know, it's just something that I'm passionate about of selling and uh, distributing fish throughout San Diego. He says he tries to bring in different types of fish for the chefs to prepare. Rockfish to albacore tuna to big eye tuna to bluefin tuna. We do swordfish. We do mako shark. We do thresher shark. Hopefully going to do some lobster. The Fish to Families program has made about 11,000 meals since 2020, says Chef Marcus. It really uh, got to me and, and made me really passionate about the program was actually going down to the distribution and seeing the people receiving the meals and how grateful and uh, how much it affected them and their families in a positive way. Fish to Families has enough grant money to continue for a little over three months. Hall May from the Fishermen's Working Group says they hope to secure future funding to extend the program for longer. Melissa May, KPBS News. PacArts kicked off the 24th Annual San Diego Asian Film Festival at the Natural History Museum earlier this week. The festival will showcase more than 160 films from more than 30 countries. Arts reporter Beth Accomando talked about the festival with Alex Forte, who took on the role of PacArts Executive Director in February. Alex, you have recently taken over as executive director of PacArts, which produces the San Diego Asian Film Festival and the Spring Showcase. So since this is the first time I'm speaking with you, I just wanted to get a little background on who you are and how you came to this job. Yeah, most definitely. I am excited. I am a product of community. I am a Filipino-American, and I uh, moved here from Oahu um, very early on in my, in my childhood. Grew up in Paradise Hills and a proud Morse Tiger alumni. From there, I went to community college in Southwestern. I'm a proud product of community college. Stayed local and eventually transferred over to San Diego State University where I got a, my, my major in economics and then has been deeply rooted in community work ever since. With San Diego Pride, with the Asian Business Association of San Diego, and now Pacific Arts Movement. So I'm, I'm excited to do community work and continue to do that uh, through PacArts. And coming to this job, what was it about PacArts and the film festivals that you really appreciated? And what were the things that you wanted to bring maybe that would be new or push it in a new direction? I think for through PacArts, it's our ability to really get the conversation going, to inspire that compassion and understanding and then from there, what we do really well and what I want to continue to, to grow uh, as the executive director is grow our uh, education programs. Our youth program, Real Voices, is a uh, where we take high school age youth and teach them the art of documentary filmmaking. Everywhere from editing to using the equipment to storyboarding and then packaging that so that they premiere at the San Diego Asian Film Festival. And it ensures that we have youth voices at our film festival, uh, which, is a, which, a, which is a big lift. Uh, and I wanna make sure that we can continue to eliminate those barriers for, for youth in our region to be able to touch a very expensive camera, to see if that's something that they wanna do and, and not have that be such a, a thing that only a few um, can, can, can partake in. And so really eliminating those barriers and reaching to as many youth as possible in our region to see if this is what they want to do. We want to make sure that we can inspire the next generation of filmmakers. And you are about to launch the San Diego Asian Film Festival. 
Uh, what about this year's festival is particularly exciting for you? Yeah, um, we are on our 24th year. And so we're excited to to really kick off and feel that it's the first time since the pandemic to, to really have it sort of fully back. F- opening night's going to be a party. It is a really fun film. Quiz Lady with Aquafina, Sandra Oh, and Will Ferrell. What is the square root of 196? 14. Correct. How many hearts does an octopus have? Three. Correct. What? Saffron. Saturn. Aphrodite. Apollo. Aries. Carbon dioxide. The equal sign. Correct. Oh my god. What? You know this game. This is how you're going to make the money. I'm taking you to the quiz. Look out. So I can't think of a better way to kick off the San Diego Asian Film Festival with the anchorman himself in a really fun comedy at the Natural History Museum. And then once we finish that, we're going to celebrate uh, in the Natural History Museum like we always do with the opening night party. The other thing that I'm really excited uh, to, to have part of this film festival is Chew the Scene. Uh, we'll, ha- we'll be having our Chew the Scene Gala at the Museum of Contemporary Art in La Jolla, where at the second to last day of the film festival, we will have over 15 Asian uh, restaurants and chefs bring creations and uh, best bites from the restaurants to help celebrate uh, Asian and Pacific Islander arts and culture in the region. Now, the Asian Film Festival and San Diego in general are very lucky for you to have Brian Hu as your artistic director picking these films. And just kind of talk a little bit about the diversity of what you're showing. Brian is a goldmine, and I never want to lose him. And this year is quite the diverse lineup of films. We've got rom-coms, horrors, action, and we've even got a really fun silent film, which is, I believe, I want to say the first in San Diego Asian Film Festival history. It is an unearthed oldest uh, Asian-American film. And so it's a rare opportunity to see something Asian that is a silent film, and it'll be accompanied by live uh, music. And it's going to be a really interesting, I think, piece of the, of the film festival. And are there any films in particular that you are most excited about? Yeah, I would have to say there are a series of shorts, The Queer Matters, and it sort of ties my, my community work from San Diego Pride to the Asian community. And to see that intersection really, really grow. And Michael Chen from uh, Channel 10 has really done a great amount of work to uplift that that track. And I'm excited to be part of that and see that community highlighted yet again. Well, and you mentioned that, and you've also been very active partnering with other festivals, such as Film Out with Michael McQuiggan. For Film Out, um, he had a uh, coming out story uh, that was centered around an Asian family. And so he asked if I could come out and help manage the Q&A with the director. And I said, I'd love to. And it was such a good story. And it was great to see that, that you know, even we, we can highlight intersections throughout our, our film festivals and partner together. And what do you have for closing night? Our closing night is fun. It is a, it's a film called Mustache. And it is about a Pakistani boy who um, is coming of age and unfortunately cannot shave his mustache because his parents won't let him. And the the hilarity that ensues because of that. That's Pack Arts Executive Director Alex Villaforte speaking with Beth Accomando. The 24th Annual San Diego Asian Film Festival runs through November 11th at multiple venues. You can find more information at kpbs.org slash cinemajunkie. That's it for the podcast today. The podcast this week was produced by Emmeline Mohebi. 
and Laura McCaffrey, and edited by Brooke Ruth. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening, and have a great weekend.